Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. Hey everybody, welcome to Reloaded Monday, episode 148. It dragged my puppy away. We have Kimberly coming back on. In this episode, people got really emotional about, and some of them actually got mad at Kimberly for the things that happened to her dog. But Kimberly does come on again today to share her experiences of living in some apartments that had some really scary things happening to her. But she seemed to come out on the other side of life with a positive attitude. So let's get to Kimberly right now. Okay, I'll reload it. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling it. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. When I think about it, I'm like, I don't get what happened. I was a kid in elementary school age, and I was obsessed with Barbie horses. Like, I loved horses and loved Barbies and all that. And so I had this particular Barbie horse that I played with all the time. And so I had stayed the weekend at uh, my grandmother's house, which I often did. She lived, like, 20 minutes away in, like, the next town. And I was sitting in my floor of my room playing with my Barbie horse. And it was the afternoon, and um, I hear my mom call me downstairs. I put my Barbie horse down on the floor. My mom says, you know, grandmother's here. She says you left some things at her house when you were at her house yesterday. So I go downstairs, and she hands me this bag, and I open it up, and there's a Barbie horse. That looks exactly like my Barbie horse. I'm like, no, that's not mine. That's somebody else's. Mine's upstairs. I was just playing with it. And the was like, no, that's yours. And I was like, okay. And so I took it and I was getting really excited because I'm like, this is awesome. Like now I have two Barbie horses. This is amazing. And so like I grab it and I'm running upstairs and I get to my room and the Barbie horse is no longer in my room. Never found it. It's not there. 
Okay, today we have a great guest coming on. We have Kimberly. Kimberly, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So we were just talking a little bit and stuff, and it sounds like you got some good stuff to share with us. And I know the first thing that you uh, shared with me that was that something that happened to you when you were 19 in an apartment. And we'll get into that in a second and stuff. But I just wanted to give you a quick shout out because uh, you were telling me how big of a Batman fan you are and stuff. And I was quizzing you a little bit. And I'll tell you, you really know Batman. So <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Everybody's pretty pretty amazed about how much I know and how much stuff I have lying around. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's everybody's got to be into something and stuff. I just when you said to me that you were really into Batman, I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me see how much she knows. And she, I was very impressed. So, <laughs> thanks, thanks. My brother's a big Superman fan, so we're kind of always like battling here and there on Facebook about who's better. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, Superman is my favorite, to be honest with you. And I was watching those movies since, you know, the early 90s. What is it? Late 80s. You were talking about Michael Keaton and things like that. So I was like, okay, cool, cool. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about some of your paranormal experiences (laughs) that you had when you were uh, starting, I think you said around 19 and stuff. Uh, So why don't you just kind of walk us into this uh, apartment that you had gotten and what happened? Okay. So... I was 19 years old. I was pregnant with my first child and I had just gotten married and we decided that we were going to not live in his grandma's basement and we got ourselves our first apartment and it was like a house, but it had been reconstructed into three different apartments. So when you walk in, you see like there's a stairways or staircase going upstairs and that was our apartment. And one day, I don't know, it wasn't, sh- it was shortly after we moved in, I want to say about a couple of weeks and we were just sitting there in the living room, just talking. And, um, all of a sudden this soda can that had been sitting on the, the table for a couple of days, probably because I wasn't a very good housekeeper yet. <laughs> and it just slid across the table. <laughs> and I looked up at my husband and I'm like, um, he goes, yep. <laughs> he said, I saw it too. And I'm like, well, the window's not open. <laughs> um, and there's no condensation on it whatsoever. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know what to think of it. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. So we just kind of like over, like, we just kind of let it go, you know, just says, oh, whatever, you know, maybe I just bumped it or something. I don't know. So he, but it stayed straight up. So, and I knew we were both just probably in shock because <laughs> I've never, ever experienced anything like that before. So, um, a little time goes on and I noticed that we start fighting a lot in the house, but as soon as we leave, we were fine, which was really odd to me because we would fight a lot. Every time we were at home, we had a fight about anything. And it was really crazy because we had this neighbor that had moved in underneath us and he come upstairs one day and he's like, um, why is it so hot up here? He looked at my husband and he started backing out slowly and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, that boy's got fire in his eyes. And we About both looked husband? at each other like, yeah, 
he said that about him. Okay. He's like, you got fire in your eyes. And I'm like, I just looked at my husband and we looked at each other like, what? Because <laughs> here we are, a couple kids, and this is like an older guy. And I explained to him, like, it only gets hot up here at certain times of the day. And usually it was when my husband got home, but I didn't put two and two together until later. Like, I started piecing this all together as things happened. And I realized every time, so he was home, it would get really, really hot and we would start fighting. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this guy told us, now I can't tell you, to be honest, I don't know the truth because I never lived in this town before this time. And I didn't know the history of the town. And I haven't looked into it either. But I did make mention of it to my landlord and she just thought I was nuts. So I just said, okay, whatever. Um, the guy that lived below us said that it used to be a house. And I said, I know it looks like that on the outside. It looks like a house. And he goes, it used to be a house, but the guy that lived here OD'd on drugs. Wow. And he died. And I'm like, okay, so what's that got to do with us? You know, and he's like, well, his spirit's probably in your house. And I don't think he likes your husband. And I'm like, that's just absurd. That's just ridiculous, you know? So here I am thinking, okay, whatever. Well, I noticed that I started seeing shadows when I was home alone. When And I just thought maybe it was a car that drove by or something. But usually if a car drives by, it's not really a shadow. It's more like a light, right? Depending on how it goes. Well, <clears throat> Um, this is the, this is the more, I don't know, this, this part kind of, I mean, I can tell it, but it kind of like right now it's like making me feel like I'm glad I'm not 19 anymore. <laughs> I could probably handle it. Okay. So we had a puppy and it was just a couple weeks old and my husband had decided that he was going to drop me off. And he was going to go to hang out with some friends. So I'm like, okay, no problem. And so I go inside. I, you know, make sure the puppy's okay. I get ready for bed. And usually, well, because I was pregnant, I would just sleep with a t-shirt on. And I just had bare legs or whatever. And we had a twin mattress. This is (laughs) how fresh we were starting out in life. (laughs) Um, We've all been there. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, we ended up getting a divorce later, but that's besides the point. Um, so I was laying there and I had fallen asleep and I felt like, you know, maybe the weight of somebody next to me. And I thought, oh, he's probably home, you know, and I wasn't going to wake up. And then before I knew it, the bedroom light turned on and, you know, it like shines in my eyes. So I kind of opened him a little bit and he's standing over me and I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I just got home. And I'm like, what? And I looked behind me and you could see the bed rise. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like sitting here looking at him like, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just moved wrong, you know, or something. And so I just thought, whatever. So I just blew it off. And he lays down with me and we're back to back because this bed is so small. And I had to have my belly hanging off the edge, you know. And I was about seven and a half months pregnant at this time. And 
well, I started feeling like my head being pushed forward. Does that like somebody's behind you kind of like, you know, just like pushing on your head. Yeah. A couple times. And I felt this cold, cold feeling on my leg. And I turned around, I'm like, will you just stop it? <laughs> and he just, my husband just looked at me. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I didn't do anything. Go back to sleep. And I said, I, I said, if you didn't do that, then who did? Because my arms are down, uh, like around my stomach. And I'm like, I didn't push my head or throw my head forward, you know? And he's like, I don't know. And then we started hearing rattling in the kitchen and I thought, oh, it's a puppy. And I looked down at the bottom of the bed and the puppy's laying there whimpering at me. And I'm like, oh my God. And we just started hearing stuff. So we jumped out of bed, both of us. And I said, I can't stay here. <laughs> so I get up, put some pants on. And as we're walking out the door, like rushing out the door, our puppy is standing there waiting for us. And all of a sudden it just gets through the doorway there was a like a a sheet hanging that we had pinned up as a door like a makeshift door and all we did was put stuff in the front room it was like the living room but we just like used it as storage and we just lived in the back part of our apartment okay and this puppy gets dragged like it literally gets dragged underneath the sheet and it whimpered as it did and i was like i'm sorry i can't stay and i just took off down the stairs and we get in the car and we lock the doors because we're both freaking out. And we look upstairs and that light was on in that in that room that we never used. And then we went around the block and it was off. And I was like, okay, this is just too creepy for me. And so we drove around until light came up and then we went home to see what had happened. And we were so scared that we were going to find something really nasty or bad. And I wouldn't go upstairs first. I went around the apartment, like around the complex. And I looked up at the window of the apartment and the puppy was just sitting there chilling in the window. And I'm like, oh God, thank God it's okay. But we went upstairs and it looked like there had been some kind of activity up there, but I couldn't explain it. So after that, <laughs> we both moved out pretty much. We left our stuff there. But we lived with his grandma for a little bit <laughs> until we ended up getting um, separated and we went our separate ways. And I went back there. I was terrified to go back, but I went back there to pack my stuff, but I wouldn't go at night. I'd just go during the day. And when my dad asked me if I wanted him to go in there and get the rest of my stuff, nope, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> wow. So you just left your and stuff there? Like, Most of it. Yeah. Because I just didn't want to go back in there. I just got my baby stuff and my clothes and just left. It was, just, I mean, it wasn't the most horrific story, but it was, you know, it was, I was 19 and pregnant. Sure. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that you're, you're 19, you're pregnant, 
you're trying to get used to this whole new life that you're starting with a husband. Uh, and then you move into your first place and you have this haunting going on. I mean, anytime that you have a haunting going into a, into your home, going on in your home is something that kind of puts people on uneasy because it's like, this is where I'm supposed to be comfortable at. This is where I'm supposed to live and, and feel safe and secure. And everywhere I look, there's yeah. something happening that is freaking me out. So I totally understand it. What's your husband? Well, our, our fights got physical after a while. And it got to the point where, like, I just didn't know why. But then as soon as we went outside, we were fine. It was it was really crazy. One night, he just went off on me, and he started whipping me with a pair of wet blue jeans. And, I mean, I was terrified. So I stood up, and I chucked a big old candy dish at him and cut his head open. Well, I'm like, we can't do this. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know why that, you know, like, if it just, the guy downstairs said that whatever's upstairs doesn't like your husband. But every single time I was home by myself, nothing terrible happened except seeing shadows. And as soon as he came home, it was like an inferno. And he was just angry. And I just, we would just fight about the smallest things. It was just horrible. So do you think that your husband uh, had something that was attracting the spirit to him and making him uh, violent? Or, I mean, how do you think this whole thing worked out? I mean, because the guy said that a drug addict lived there, died. And I'm assuming that you think that that spirit was the drug addict. Do you think that there was something about your husband that the drug addict didn't like? Or do you think there was something about your husband that attracted this spirit to him and made, I don't, I don't know. Like what, what are your conclusions that to all that, what happened there? I mean, it was, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Well, I feel like maybe it attracted itself to him because he knew he was like, he wasn't a very good guy. He, he actually, after me, he had abused another woman. So, um, I don't, I don't think that, it liked him because he wasn't a good person. And it just like, but it made the, I think what it, I don't know, this is my thought, but I felt like maybe it, it caused the fight so that he would leave. But every time he left, I would end up leaving with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, we, we like, there's only a few times where we fought that he would take off and I would stay home. But most of the time, if we fought, he would take me to his grandma's, leave me there with her, and then he would go. Leave, you know, because he didn't, like, I wouldn't let him leave me home alone. How about that? <laughs> so even though he was mad at me. Yeah, that was because of what was going on at home, right? Yeah, because I didn't want to be at home by myself with what I felt like was something in there haunting the apartment. I just. You know, and but I never like really told anybody. Oh yeah, my apartment's haunted. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you? I mean, I'm I'm already in a town. Nobody knows me, and you know what? Few people I'm learning to you know trust. I just didn't want them thinking I was crazy. Yeah, I, I can understand that totally. <sighs> yeah, but he um he and I witnessed a few things together. You know, but it just um I don't know how how I survived it because, you know, with his like abusive the way he was. Right. Um, I mean he was it was bad. 
I actually, we got into a, a big fight out in front of his grandma's house and the police were called. So it was, it was really? pretty bad. Yeah. He was an, he was a piece of work. I like, I only have one kid with him. <laughs> Do you think that he was like that because of the spirit affecting him? Or do you think he was like that before and the spirit just recognized that? He was like that before. I think it just recognized it. And also the fact that, um, like when I was nine, I was oblivious to any sort of drug. I didn't, you know, I wasn't raised around marijuana or anything. And I knew he smoked, but from what I was told later by some of his other friends, that he was on other stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. But I didn't know because I don't know, you know, I didn't know anything about drugs at that time. <clears throat> so I felt like maybe the, whatever the spirit was could sense that he was on something because he, you know, because it knew itself what it was like to be on something or what it looks like maybe. And maybe it was, he was trying to protect me from getting hurt even further because I guess some drugs make you go out of control. Well, I, I'll tell you what, that's, that's a good, um, that's a good angle to look at it by. I mean, especially when you're telling me that, you know, he was probably into things other than just marijuana. Um, because if he's doing that and the spirit that's in that, in that apartment knows that kind of stuff intimately, maybe he was trying to protect you and, I don't know, but uh, it's yeah, very interesting. I don't know either. Yeah, because I only stayed in that apartment. I want to say I was already about four months pregnant when we moved in, and I was like, I had already, I had my baby when I decided to leave him. So I, um, I stopped staying there like around my seven, and I think it was about that incident that happened where we were, where we both left the apartment. I believe that was like the last time I'd actually stayed there by myself for, you know, just actually wanting to live there. Um, I ended up moving in with his grandma and staying in her basement (laughs) and we had our apartment still, but like I didn't stay there and he was already, he was always off cheating on me with some other girl. So I didn't know that until the night before I had my baby. So I just wow. found out like he was cheating on me and doing all these things. And I just, you know, and I was taken to confront him and everything. And it just, he didn't care. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, but Oh, it's okay. It, it's, I mean, it's probably for the best. It, I mean, he's done it to other people. There's only one girl that I knew of that he didn't do it to because her dad was uh, a state patrolman. <laughs> What a coward. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. You're going to, you're going to abuse these, these women and all that stuff, except for the one that the dad could probably take you. I see how it is. Oh yeah. And he's a piece of work too, because he's never involved in any of his three kids lives that he's had with three different women. And then he's a stepdad to like four different kids. And he's more of a dad to them than he was his own kids. So that tells you what kind yeah. of guy he is. Well, let's uh, talk about some other things that you had emailed me about, because I'm interested to hear about uh, your father's uh, ashes. Now, you said that your dad had <laughs> passed away and that you had brought yeah. his ashes home. And uh, what happened there? What, what was that whole situation about? Okay. So 
my dad, um, my biological father, he passed away in 2013, like January of 2013. And he had died from hypothermia. He fell outside and he couldn't get back up and he was just taking out the trash. And he fell down and he couldn't get back up. So he ended up um, falling asleep or whatever and dying of hypothermia. Um, He was, (laughs) okay, so this kind of, I don't, I don't know how to put this nicely. (laughs) Um, He was the type of guy that was considered a hermit. So he, Basically, he lived in my grandma's basement, and he would only come up once in a while to, like, make tea or go to the bathroom. And then he would drive around outside at night through the town at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, when people associated him to me, I would be like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Like, yep, that's my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So he's the... (laughs) He's the odd person that people think is real, like, weird or creepy. He chased people off his lawn with shotguns. <laughs> I mean, he's weird. Yeah. So, um, and he actually had um, gotten upset with me when I was 19, and or uh, not 19, I was 20 by this time. By the time I actually had my son, I was actually 20 years old, like two weeks before I had him, I had my birthday. Well, I moved in with my aunt and uncle that raised me and I disrespected my aunt. So they kicked me out and I had just called my dad up and I asked him if I could come and live with him with my baby. And he had gotten a house through the government, um, for being on like, I guess, disability or something. I don't know. And so I went and stayed there with him for like a week and he got so mad at me for mouthing off to him that he kicked me out. Jeez. And this is a man who's never been in my life, but yet he has, yeah. he wants to tell me how to live my life, <laughs> you know? So, uh, he didn't like that. So he kicked me out. So this is like how short of a fuse he has. Like he has no, you know, he had no time. I can't say has, he's passed. Um, he has no time for that, you know? So, we just didn't have a really close relationship. And when I found out that he passed away, I took it really hard because I don't ever remember in my life him telling me that he loved me. And so everyone says that he did, but I don't remember ever hearing it from him. So that it hit me really hard and it was really, really hard. Well, during his funeral, the, I don't know, funeral guy <laughs> like the funeral home guy i don't know what you call him yeah i know but what you mean. he he came up and said if any of the family members would like a keepsake urn where it's like a little two inch little about four inch high little uh, urn that can hold ashes in it um he said that you know we can provide that at a fee and so my uncle bought me one And I took it back to Texas with me because I'd been staying in San Antonio at this time. And the night that I took, the night of my flight, I put it in my, uh, my, um, 
my undercarriage luggage. And I got on the plane, no big deal. I had a note saying what it was or whatever, and I never got it out because nobody asked me. So that night I get to the airport, I get to the San Antonio airport and I go to pick up my bags and it's nowhere to be found. So I'm like, huh, this is weird. So I go over to like baggage claim and tell them, hey, this is my name. This is my bag and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, your bag got held back for observation. And I'm like, why? And they said, because they thought they saw something in it that was unusual. So they kept it. It was the urn. Yeah. So there's there's the first thing. Bad luck. So (laughs) I had to stay up like pretty much till like one o'clock in the morning for them to deliver my bag. And I get it and I get the urn out and, you know, I show it to my roommate and I'm like, yep, this is my dad. So he's like, nice to meet you, dad. (laughs) So I was just like making a joke about it. And I put it in my room. I have like a little shelf again on one corner of my room and I put it in there and like no big, right? Well, a few days later, I come home and I started walking down the hallway and I just taken my shoes off and I had socks on. And all of a sudden I was like, why is the floor wet? And I'm like, my roommate's like, what? Oh, that. Yeah, that. That's unexplainable flooding we just had. There's no water coming out of any faucet, any fixture, anything. But there's water all over our floor. And I'm like, what? He goes, yep. And it's leading back to my room. So I go back to my room, and it's like seeping underneath. Like, the I don't know how, but it seeped into my wall under like on the carpet or whatever in my closet. And it was heading back towards my bathroom. And I'm like, wow. So this must've happened in my roommate's bathroom. So they get a, uh, we call the landlord or whatever, and they have somebody come dry it up and clean it up. Right. And the guy's like, I really don't know how this flooded. I don't see where it would have came from. And I'm like, me neither. So I just like, whatever. And I'm like, thanks you know, and he left. Well, um, I had a boyfriend at the time that wasn't so great either. He was the type that likes to use women for everything. And then he has a couple girls on the side. (laughs) I didn't really like pick up on that. until it was too late. Well, he started coming over and weird things would start happening. Like my bedroom door, I would always lock it, you know, behind us. Um, I heard somebody kick on it on the other side. And it was like, I I opened the door and I, I looked out there and I'm like calling for my roommate. And it's like, are you home? And nobody answered. So I walk out there and his car's not outside. He's not here. I'm like, that was really strange. Go back in, shut my door, lock it. And the next, I mean, then I hear that kick again. And I'm like, this is really strange. So I'm just like getting nervous. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. You know, not this again. <laughs> like I was sitting here thinking about like, like back when I was 19 and in that house. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no. So here, I, you know, like I don't 
I don't know what to do at this point, you know? And then this guy that I'm seeing, he's like, Oh, by the way, um, I can sense there's a spirit in here. And I'm like, what? (laughs) He said that he could feel that there was a spirit in my room and it didn't like him. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I'm new here myself. I don't know what to tell you. I said, I, yeah, I didn't even think about my dad's ashes. Like, I honestly did not even think anything of it. And he said that he felt like there was something really strong in that room that did not want him there. And I'm like, okay. Well, the next day, we had that flooding again. And I had I had no idea why it happened. So I was like, okay, we got to figure something out here. So this guy had to come back and clean up our apartment again and he's like really I don't know what to tell you why this is happening to you you know and I'm like I don't either well that night my boyfriend had come home or come to my place he didn't it wasn't his place it was mine and he started acting like a different person like (laughs) like a I don't I don't even know how to explain it like one minute he's you know, we'll just call him Joe. <laughs> the next minute, he's Michael. <laughs> like for real? That makes sense. I mean, was he describing himself? I'm like, that I'm way? not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. He like his voice would change. His eyes look really. Oh, know, that sounds like, like really a possession. Weird. Well, yeah, and then I'm just in here like, um, yeah, I was smacking him on the face and everything, <laughs> trying to get him to snap out of it. It was really horrible. It was like, I've never, ever experienced this before. Like, I'm like, okay, stop playing around. You know, I'm done. Yeah. And it, I started crying. Like, I was so scared. It was not even, I mean, I was like, this can't be real. You're just messing with me. And he would not snap out of it. And then when he, when he was this other person, he told me, that David's here with him. And I'm like, um, David who, <laughs> you know? And he's like, your father. And I'm wow. like, I never told my boyfriend, my dad's name. I never Jeez. told him that I had that urn in my room. Like it was in my room, but it was on a shelf, you know, and it was by a bunch of other stuff. So like nobody, he never like went over there. Oh, hey, what's this? You know, I never talked about it. And when he said that your, you know, when he said your father, I'm like, um, okay, I'm like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I just started crying. Um, like I'm, I don't even to this day understand it. And I'm gonna be forty next month, and I still don't understand. You know, this happened in 2013. Well, it was just like, all of a sudden he come out of it and he was exhausted. Like, he was like, I'm so tired and I don't even know why. And I'm like, he didn't remember any of the things that he said? No. Wow. He said that he, yeah. And I told him and he's like, um, he's sitting there and he's like, I'm so tired. And he's like, 
He's like, why does my face hurt? <laughs> his face? <laughs> his face hurt because I kept smacking it. Oh, jeez. Because I was trying to get him to, like, I was, I could have punched him and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have phased, it wouldn't have phased him. Like, but I was smacking him, like, really hard on his face. He had my handprint on his face. And I'm sitting here, he's like, why is my face, like, it, he does it things. And I'm like, because I was smacking the crap out of you. You wouldn't come out of whatever you were doing to me. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know. It's just, it's too freaky to me. It's like. Is that is that how the the uh, relationship ended? Or are you still with the guy? <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> it ended shortly after that. It's just like, um, he, he was, I ended on different terms, not because of that, but it was just like, oh, I just couldn't imagine. Like it, it happened twice and that was enough for me. The second time it happened, I was, I guess I can't say I was ready for it, but I was more like a little bit more aware yeah, you kind of seen it before, so you know what to expect the second time around. Right. So this time I didn't do anything to him. I just let him, you know, I just kind of like sat there. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to do anything. I just, I just looked at him. He started talking to me, but I, I said, I'm not talking to you. I said, you, bring, you bring my boyfriend back. I don't want to talk to you. Wow. So, I mean. Yeah. By you saying that, I'm assuming you had an idea, at least, of what was going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because when he said that he was, you know, that he said his name again, it was like, oh, nope, I'm not doing this again. I just said, I don't care who's with you. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I was like, and uh-uh. what was the name again, Michael? Well, that's just the name I made up. Just oh, for okay. you. I don't want to like, I don't, it was just off the top of my head. His name was Angel, but. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm confused. Was, His real name was Angel? So or? Angel, Angel was my boyfriend. Okay. But the and, name that he gave you, you don't want to say. Oh, no, no. It, it was, I don't know what it said. I'm just saying like, I was given an example, like say my boyfriend's name is Joe. And then all of a sudden his name was. Like he was Michael. Does that make sense? I was like saying that he was two different people inside one person. Gotcha. So um, what I'm what I'm but saying is, my dad's name was David. I didn't get the name of whoever was talking to me. Gotcha. Okay. I just didn't care. <laughs> I just didn't <laughs> like because I thought my boyfriend was making a like I thought he was playing a joke on me. The first time it happened, I thought he was just messing with me. And when you know, I'm like, what is going on? And you know, all I remember is saying, I'm like so-and-so and I'm with your dad, like your father's here. And, you know, like when I said, who's my father? And he's like, David. And I'm like, oh. Did his voice change okay. at all? Yes. It was weird. And it's like, it wasn't, to me, it didn't sound, because this is like, I've never experienced it before, but it didn't sound like. <laughs> Maybe this is why I don't like when Christian Bale uses that dark voice. Because <laughs> it kind of sounded like he was just trying to deepen his voice to make himself sound like a different person. Really? Yeah. So I, maybe that's why I don't like it when when Batman talks like that. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> I think it's funny that you're relating your life to Batman. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. So I just thought, like, I didn't catch his name, whatever he said he was, you know, but I just remember. So I just, after, you know, that second time that it happened, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to, you know, bring my boyfriend back, whatever. It took about, uh, I don't know exactly time frame, but I would say it took probably a good 10 to 15 minutes for him to change before I had to, I mean, because I kept arguing with it saying, I'm not going to talk to you. So after that night, I decided the urn had to stay in my closet because I felt like whatever, whatever was there, whatever was making this, you know, happen with my boyfriend had to do something with my dad. So I felt like, okay, I'm taking this urn. It's going to my closet and I'm going to, and I told it, you, I don't even know why I said that to an urn, but I'm like, you stay here. <laughs> like it's going to crawl legs and, or grow legs and crawl out. Yeah. I mean, the way things are going, you never know. <laughs> yeah. See, and I, so I shut my closet door and I just left it in there. And to be honest, I don't have it anymore because I had come home for Christmas in 2013. And a friend of mine had asked me if I would just stay in Iowa and help her out. So I left a bunch of my stuff back in Texas. And um, at this time, I had already moved out of this apartment and moved in with somebody else. And I'd always had the urn like wrapped up and like tucked away deep in a bunch of stuff. So I didn't ever have to get it out. It was like in a little box. And she uh, and I had just reconnected like a couple weeks or not week a couple days ago and I'd asked her if she still has my stuff because I have never been able to go back and get it and she's like I'm sorry I don't and I'm like that is perfectly fine <laughs> so who knows maybe someday somebody will find my dad's urn and they're gonna get a string of bad luck or maybe it's know. just bad luck that came your way because it was your father's urn maybe nobody else is gonna that's get what I'm me. I'm wondering that too because I have I mean, even his sister got some, you know, she got one. And I think my grandma got one too. And my grandma told me she always senses that he's there. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, you see, my parents, they want to, they, they told me and the kids that they want to be uh, cremated. And mm-hmm. they said, you know, it's more cost efficient. They don't really care about the whole graves and all that stuff. And so, I mean, right. if they want to be cremated, they'll be cremated. But I'm not sure if I want to bring their remains home with me. And I don't think they're making that a prereq, you know, so like, I don't think I have to, but I, I just, I don't know if I have interest in having either one of my parents' ashes sitting somewhere in my house, even if it's in a closet. It just seems like something that's just not really my, my cup of tea. Maybe you just go spread it around somewhere. Yeah. Or I'll just let the, the morgue take care of it and throw it out the trash. Or, or you could bury it too. You could always bury the urn. Yeah, maybe I could bear the urn. I, I, that would probably be more respectful. My dad listens to this podcast. He's probably thinking, geez, you're just going to let me go out in the trash? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, oh, my dad. goodness. No, and dad. We'll bear your next- ashes. <laughs> I live next to a cemetery. And I've had a couple experiences since I've been in my apartment. But I just, I don't know. It's just, I. it only happened 
two times and that was it. And I basically, at this point in my life, since I've experienced what I have already, it was kind of funny because one night I was laying in bed and I knew I was asleep, but I kind of felt like something was sitting on top of me. And I opened my eyes just barely and it was a dog. I do not have a dog. (laughs) And I just closed my eyes and went back to sleep. Well, then I felt like this, something staring at me again, but I kind of felt like, you know how a dog pants when they sit there next to you? Yeah. Like how they're, when they breathe, it's kind of like a light pant. I felt that. And so I opened up my eyes and I said, I'm like, geez, will you just let me go to sleep already? (laughs) Just let me go to sleep. And I rolled over and it was gone. I was like, what the hell? And the next day I woke up, I was like, was that a dream? Right. Or was that real? Because <laughs> it was really, it was just awkward. It was just like, I, but I just like casually, I'm like, God, will you just let me go to sleep already? Yeah, and that's the thing. I, like, I mean, I know you've listened to all my episodes. You mentioned that earlier. I'm not sure if you remember me talking about this briefly on one of my shows. But, uh, you know, I heard this one guy's story, and it wasn't on my show. But this guy said that him and his wife were fighting. They went to bed angry. They're laying in bed and they start seeing shapes and stuff like these shapes appear in their room. I guess I, I guess light or something like that, but it was some kind of shapes. They I also saw red eyes appear within the shapes. And he's like, says to his wife, do you see this? And she's like, yes. And then something told him that he should look to his left. And so he looks to his left and he said, there's a dog standing in his room staring at him. And the only thing he could think to do was to tell it to to leave in the name of Jesus and it, and it left and it never came back. And you tell me this and you have these stories of people saying they see dog men, but they feel like they're, they're evil. And I, I just wonder if this thing that people are seeing that it's a dog man uh, is some kind of demonic entity that people are experiencing. And I don't know if, I don't, if that's something that you well, experience I don't that feel. Now. I don't feel that mine was demonic. It, its eyes weren't okay. red. It just looked like a it looked like a husky or a German shepherd. So it looked like a very real dog. Yeah, it looked like a real dog and I could feel it pushing on me and I'm like, you know, I'm just like but I thought I was dreaming because I was like I don't own a dog. It just <laughs> it was really really strange, but then when I felt it like next to me and I'm like, god, will you just let me go to bed already? I'll and feed you in the morning, wherever you came from. It disappeared. Yeah, it just disappeared. Like, I don't know where it came from. And it was, I mean, it was pitch black outside. So, I mean, I know it wasn't. I mean, I live on the second the second story. So, it's not like it could have jumped in my window. So, But I couldn't touch it because I didn't reach out for it, you know. But I, I felt the pressure of it on me as I woke up. Like, I looked over and I'm like, that's weird. So I closed my eyes. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I just casually did it. And I just laugh at myself because if that was real, because <laughs> I can't say that it was real or not, because I don't know if I was dreaming or if it was actually something that happened. But it felt real. And I know I said it out loud, but I heard myself say it. So... <laughs> But yet I have a tendency once in a while if I'm dreaming really deep, I talk in my sleep and I remember putting my hands up in the air once and saying guayaba. (laughs) 
So I don't even know. I'm like, I'm, I'm a weirdo, I guess. I don't know. No, you know, I think that I've said this before on the show. I, I do think that there are certain people that just tend to have, um, more experiences than others where something, there's just something about them that these kind of experiences attract themselves to these people. And, uh, mm-hmm. it just sounds like y- you might, you know, have one of those auras about you. I don't know, but I know that you mentioned to me earlier, and I want you to go into this as, as you know, as much as you'd like, but you did mention that your, your mom was into some things that maybe would provide answers as to why you experienced the things that you've experienced. Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't know exactly what, um, what she did before I met her, but I do know that after we connected and we started spending more time together, I did find out that she was, you know, she had the crystals, she had the Wicca stuff and, um, she had done online readings for people. Like she would, I don't know. She was in a group or some, some some chat group, and then she was doing online readings for people. And uh, I was staying with her one time, and I felt like um, I felt like I was I w- I don't know how you explain it. Like I don't know how to say it without misinterpreting it. I kind of felt like. When I was around my mom, I felt like I could sense things stronger. Like, I I felt like things felt a little weird to me. Does it make sense? Like, it makes... I felt like I was a little bit more aware of what was going on. And I went into her bedroom, and I said I was going to take a nap. And I laid down, and I couldn't. I My chest started hurting really bad. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? You know, I'm like, I'm too young to be having a heart attack or whatever, you know? And I was like sitting there, I'm like, and then I couldn't breathe. So I'm like trying to call for my mom and, um, I really couldn't, but then I just, um, she had started coming back towards like to use the restroom and the restroom was like near her bedroom. So I, called her again and I'm like mom I need help so she came back there and um I'm like my chest hurts really bad I don't know and she's like oh oh I guess I should have mentioned to you that uh my friend Joe's ashes are in the closet and she died of a heart attack or a stroke I can't really remember what my mom said it was oh man the stinking ashes again yeah so she helped me out of her bed and I walked up to the front room and it's like, it was just like a big heavy weight had just been lifted off of my chest and I felt dizzy and I'm like, what the hell? She's like, well, I told you, I told you the women in our family are sensitive. (laughs) And I'm like, but I don't like that. (laughs) I said, I don't want that. You know, I don't want this gift or whatever you call it. I want this to be normal. I don't want that. (laughs) So I do whatever I can just to ignore stuff, which, um, it's not always a good thing (laughs) if you ignore things because sometimes bad things happen. 
if you ignore them and you could have prevented it and then you feel guilty. Um, but then you don't know. I think of it as, yeah, it was, a, you know, it was a kind of a notification, but it doesn't matter. Maybe it would have happened regardless if I knew about it or not. Or if I had taken action, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that some things are not preventable. Like the day that I found out my dad died, I had this sense to call my grandma like this. It was around 10 o'clock in the morning. I kept having this feeling. You should call grandma. You should call grandma. And I'm like, ah, no, it's okay. Cause I'm one of those people. I'm not real super close to my family. So when it comes to having to, to like talk to somebody, I'm kind of, I put it off the last minute and I just, you know, I said, Oh, I'll call her later. Well, then I got a message on Facebook from one of my cousins saying, call me. And that just shows how close I am to my family. They don't even have my number. Um, <laughs> and I called him and he says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your dad died that same day that I had that urge to call my grandma. And I'm like, okay. So I felt guilty. You know, I said, maybe I could have called and, and, you know, asked where he was. And if I could talk to him, maybe she would have went looking for him and found him, you know, but who knows? I don't know if that would have happened or not. And in 2005, uh, my ex-husband and I have um, three kids together and our boys were little. And then I have one older one and then two three with my ex, my second ex-husband, I guess I should say. <clears throat> and the two little ones, he took them to Mexico with him to visit his mom. And my baby stayed home with me. She was eight months old. And we had decided that I was going to drive three hours to our family's Christmas on New Year's Day. And I was going to take my daughter with me. And, um, that night when we went to bed, I had had this dream slash, I call it a dream slash premonition that I had a really bad car accident. And, um, <clears throat> the next day I wake up, I shake it off. I'm like, wow, that was terrible. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what a bad dream. And I start driving and I'm about an hour away from my family by this point and I flipped six times end over end in the vehicle I was driving that was the same day you on had an the IT. dream yeah it was the next day like I had had the dream on December 31st and I had the accident January 1st wow and um so growing up with a fire chief for a father you kind of know what to do in certain situations. Um, Cause I used to do the practice. I would be their practice um, dummy or victim. When I was a teenager, me and a couple friends would like, they would cover us in fake blood and set us outside where it looked like it was a staged car accident and they would have to come check on us and stuff. And so by learning that through that, um, I was, didn't realize it at the time, but my vehicle was on the side. It was a Ford Explorer. <clears throat> so that gives you an idea of the size. 
my left leg was hanging out the door of the window and it was broken in half by the femur. And I didn't realize that my leg was broken. And here I was taking off my seatbelt, trying to get out of this vehicle so I could go find my baby. And, um, she had been ejected from the vehicle 14 feet away. They found her in her car seat. And um, the paramedic kept, like, he was on his stomach. I remember him looking in at me. And I was rocking back and forth saying my parents' name and their number over and over again. Had I not given that information, my daughter and I both would have been Jane Doe's. Because they didn't have any information on us whatsoever. It was back when we had, like, those little small Nokia cell phones. (laughs) They barely got service anywhere. So I didn't take it with me on my trip because I didn't get service where my parents lived. Well, I kept crying out for my baby and they finally showed her to me and she was alive. She was still alive. She had her, she had broken her leg. Um, They didn't know that until the next day. So they take us to the hospital. They call my family and I wake up eight days later out of a coma because I broke both my legs, my collarbone, and a bunch of ribs. I punctured a lung, tore my spleen, lost three-fifths of my body's blood. I died on the table, and they resuscitated me, incubated me, and put me in a coma to let that that lung heal. While I was at the hospital, um, I remembered seeing my best friend from high school standing at the car accident. She had died in 2003. She was standing. Yeah, I remember her name was Wendy and I told her parents this and the anniversary of her death is coming up. It's December 4th. And I had found out that she had passed away when I was pregnant with my firstborn. And he was born a month to the day of her death. And she had been hit by a semi head on going to school in a foggy on a foggy road. And I remember seeing her there and I feel like she's the one that was making sure that my daughter was okay because a passerby or a van or a group of Mexicans, I don't know, this is what I was told, found my baby and they couldn't speak English. And the only thing they kept saying was baby van, baby van. And they gave her to the paramedics. And then my family actually had to come. And two of my relatives actually claimed my body, even because I was unconscious and I was in a coma. Um, They had me as a Jane Doe at the hospital, but they had to actually tell them who I was. But had I not been able to call my family through those paramedics, nobody would have known. So I remember that as being, uh, that's always something that gives me goosebumps um, because I remember seeing her there and I hadn't seen her since high school. Right. And when I found out that she died, I couldn't go to her funeral because I was five hours away and my doctor said no. And I just, I, I don't know. I get chills (laughs) every time I talk about that because we were so close in school and I moved away and, 
you know, I ended up getting pregnant and whatever. And I found out on the news that she had passed away and I called her parents like frantic, you know, and they're like, we're so sorry. We didn't know a number for you. And, you know, it was just, it's just, I feel that she was there for me because I was there for her when she was in high, when we were in high school, she came to my house and my mom had left for the bank or not my mom. I call my aunt and uncle, my mom and dad. Um, she had left for the bank. And when she came home, the yard was filled with fire trucks and ambulances because my friend had had a seizure and I didn't, she'd never had one before. And I never knew that, you know, I didn't know she was epileptic. So I called 911 for her and I saved her life. But, um, she, I feel like she was paying me forward. You know, she was making sure that my daughter was okay. Yeah. It was almost like she was watching over her to make sure that somebody found her. Cause I mean, you're eight months old and you're getting ejected out 14 feet away in your car seat. And you know, like you lived and now she's 14, you know, that's just a miracle in itself. Right. Do you think, So I'm very lucky. Huh? No, I was just going to say, do you think that, uh, having those experiences where you like had a dream about having an accident and then it happens the next day. Do you ever try to follow that intuition? Do you ever, does it ever happen to you now? I did. Um, you're going to laugh. <laughs> um, so I, I wasn't necess- I was taking a nap after work one night and I had gotten this weird, you know, sense and this dream that my brother was going to be hit by a drunk driver. And I, I wake up like almost instantly and I called him and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting trashed. (laughs) He goes, I'm getting trashed. What are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, don't go anywhere. <laughs> He's like, why? And I'm like, cause you're going to get hit by a drunk driver and you're going to die. He's like, what? And I told him and he said, okay, okay. I'm not going to. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call from him. He's like, you had me on guard the whole night. <laughs> He's like, you had me looking like a crazy person walking around all paranoid. <laughs> well, good. I mean, maybe it saved his life. Oh my goodness. I was just like, the, the funny thing to me is that I wake up frantically out of this dream, you know, just like, I just wake up and I'm like, oh my God, he's my only brother. I've got to call him, you know? And then he's like, I'm getting trashed. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's like, sometimes I find the humor in things, you know, it's just like, this could have been deadly, but you know, he made it funny. Well, that's my brother for you. I'll tell you what, uh, that, that's a, a funny, happy story. And I I know it's just funny how he said, you had me paranoid all night. That was like good you know like you i could just picture him walking down the street like turning around really fast to make sure nobody was around every time a car comes by and stuff he's ducking behind bushes (laughs) right oh my goodness 
but I'm just glad like, you know, I, I called him cause I just feel like something bad was going to happen. And it's just like a couple weeks ago, I, I felt like I needed to talk to my mom and I didn't, I put it off and put it off and put it off. And two weeks ago, I found out her husband died. He had a stroke and she told me, these are her words, not mine. He's here with me because the door opened and it closed. Wow. And he died at home. They were giving him CPR. He had a he had a massive heart attack. And he was he was in the stages of dementia too, so he wasn't he didn't remember my mom's name. But um she was giving him CPR, her and my uncle, but the next day when I you know, I'd called her, see how she was doing. She's like, Oh, he's here. <laughs> I'm like, he is, huh? And she's like, yep. The front door opened and it closed. And then my bedroom door opened and it, I know he's here. And I'm like, oh boy. And she goes, and it wasn't the wind either. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure, mom, I'm pretty sure it's him. You know, like, yeah. she's, you know, she, I know <laughs> she may sound crazy to some, but I know she's legit. But, uh, I just like, you know, at least I said, well, maybe he's back in his easy chair watching his TV again, you know, like, what can you do? But right. at least it's, you know, it's funny because she's just the way she said it, you know, it's like, yep, he's here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, at least he can keep you company. But I just... I don't know. I thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, you got some stories though. I'll tell you that much. I, I, I really enjoyed hearing them. And uh, uh, I really just thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us. Thanks. <laughs> I know it kind of sounds like maybe you're going to have to edit some of it, but <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't edit. I don't edit the, uh, the guests, whatever they say gets put on the show. So you don't have to worry about Oh my that. goodness. You had my permission to edit some of the more the, the crazy offbeat stuff. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, I appreciate you talking tonight and uh, take care, okay? You too. It was nice talking to you. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, go ahead and share the show with your friends. That is the best thing you can do to help support the show. So thank you very much for doing that. And since we had a different kind of introduction to the show and stuff, I just wanted to say to everybody, if you had an encounter that you'd like to share on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. And if you're interested in extra episodes a week, go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com and join and become a member to the website where you'll get an extra episode every week on Thursdays. Plus, you'll get access to the forum community where we're building a community on the website where people can share thoughts and post videos and pictures and things like that. It's a real good, fun community. But all that stuff's on the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. If you're new to the show this week, I apologize for the introduction that might be a little bit uh, more serious. Typically, we have a more upbeat and lively show, but this week was just a little bit of a different week. But hopefully you come back next week for another encounter episode. 
I promise you next week's show is going to be a good one. We're going to be having a guy on to share his UFO experience that was very up close and personal, plus some details about his dad's military life past, which is very intriguing. So next week's going to be a great week. Tune in for that. And until then, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye.